Support for this podcast comes from MetaView, the platform that uses AI to automatically write your interview notes for you, powered by GPT-4. Recruiters and hiring managers at companies like Robinhood, Brex and Genentech describe MetaView as a game changer for their efficiency and ability to have high quality conversations with candidates. They can focus on the conversation rather than on taking notes. MetaView's interview summaries are purpose-built for recruiting, so they're 10 times more accurate and relevant than generic transcription tools. And they work seamlessly with your recruiting stack, video conferencing tools, and even mobile calls, so there's no need to change your existing workflows. You can see the magic for yourself for free on your first five interviews. Head over to metaview.ai slash recruitingfuture. That's metaview.ai slash recruitingfuture to get started. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 521 of the Recruiting Future podcast. There's a strong argument that employer branding has never been more relevant or more essential. The last few months have seen many employers making layoffs as they respond to market conditions and some sense of normalisation after the pandemic. It's fair to say that some employers and potentially whole industries, have suffered severe reputational damage because of this. So, how can companies rebuild their reputation as employers? This is not only important from a talent acquisition perspective, it's a vital part of retaining the talent they already have. My guest this week is Emily Firth, founder and partner at The Truthworks. Emily is an employer brand and employee engagement expert. And it was great to get her view on how employers can rebuild and manage their reputations in the current market landscape. Hi, Emily, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please, could you introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Yeah, no problem at all. So my name's Emily Firth. I am a consultant and a co-founder in employer branding and employee experience. I um, co-lead an agency called The Truthworks, which is based in Amsterdam and also the UK. And our focus is really around shaping company cultures that we'd actually want to be a part of ourselves. Tell us a little bit about your background. What were you doing before you started the agency? I used to head up employer branding at booking.com, which was a sort of baptism of fire, let's say. Um, I'd been in the marketing and advertising world previously and had got a little bit tired of marketing products and really wanted a new challenge and sort of fell into employer branding, thought, I can't believe there's a role that does exactly what I love talking about, which is people and culture and actually gets to position and, and market and build that. So um, ended up ended up sort of via a sideways route, as I think most people in employer branding do, and was looking after, I guess, the employer brand positioning for 17,000 colleagues they had at the time um, across 200 offices worldwide. So it was not only sort of a, a leap into the employer brand world, but a leap into it at scale um, through, you know, lots of different cultural lenses. So the last 
three and a half years has just been obviously incredibly disruptive, incredibly disruptive everywhere, but incredibly disruptive for talent acquisition, but also perhaps particularly disruptive for employer branding. Where are we now? What what what's your kind of view on the the state of the market and the current state of employer branding? So actually when I started the TruthWorks, it was um just pre-pandemic. So um it was interesting, interesting time to to start in this space. And I actually think a fascinating and amazing time to start in this space because as you say, we've been on a bit of a roller coaster to say the least. But I think what's really happened is both employer branding and the employee experience and actually engaging your people has become really front of mind for even senior leadership, CEOs. And the conversations we're seeing have really moved beyond being conversations we have with HR leaders to conversations we're having with founders um, and full exec teams. So I think the, the visibility and the awareness of how important an employer brand is has radically shifted over the course of that time. And do you see different levels of maturity in the approach to employer branding across different different markets, I suppose, across different countries? Yes, definitely. I think um, in Amsterdam, it's still a little bit emergent, but certainly I've seen a shift in the last sort of two or three years in the amount of roles being looked for and hired for in that space, um, but also in the amount of agencies and consultants offering their services in that space. And I'm seeing a demand more and more from businesses for what we do. And I think markets like the US have been talking about EB for a long time, but I think it's also about the depth of those conversations. And I think also the the penetration and relevance of EB throughout the organization. So whereas it was seen as a recruitment function or an HR function before, and something very heavily focused on external marketing, I think the lens has turned inwards. Um, We talked about it a little bit before um, when we spoke, Matt, but I think one of the things that's been so interesting um, in the last couple of years is the sort of the lack of delineation now between internal and external when it comes to communications, when it comes to, to talking about your employer brand. I think talent are increasingly willing and open to sharing, you know, company uh, private conversations or things that have happened on an internal Slido or things that have happened um, at internal uh, town halls. So I think those lines are now very blurred. And I think increasingly, um, increasingly talent who are external are able to see much more of what's going on internally um, whether that's sort of in the front page of the the newspaper or on tech blogs or um, through leaks that employees are, are fostering themselves. I think that has broken a bit of trust as well between employees and employers, but it's also changed the game in terms of how much you can manage your employer brand and how much you can really control the narrative. And there's been some spectacular examples of that recently, hasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of people have seen the sort of Pity City um, CEO video. And I think just where, um, oh, and for those of you who haven't, um, essentially, that was a leak of a a Zoom call in the US, where um, a CEO was uh, communicating with talent in a town hall about expectations of them and, and sort of asked them to refocus their attention on the business and sort of stop feeling sorry for themselves and asking about bonuses and promotions and you know, leave Pity City and and get on with the job effectively. And that 
you know, spread very quickly um, around the world and everyone was talking about it as an example. Another one recently was the uh, CEO who was, you know, applauding an employee for giving up their dog to come back to the office and, you know, commit. Employers are having very difficult conversations with their employees and, I think previously, whereas they could have delivered an internal comms memo without much preparation, you know, not really thought about the potential impact of how that would land beyond um, something they'd have to clean up internally. I think now they're seeing that can have huge implications on the reputation of a company uh, and their employer brand. So if you're an employer brand manager trying to manage that and a PR manager who increasingly have to work much more closely together, you are now having to backpedal and try to convince new hires as well as internal talent that, you know, the employer brand that you've been putting out there is still the truth. And I think that becomes very difficult. Um, You know, leadership do set a lot of the tone for your employer brand. You have a set of values, you have a set of employer brand principles that you speak to uh, and that that you promote. So if you're not actually living by those, you will very quickly become found out. And it's interesting because over the the last few years, there's been such a focus on employers telling employee stories about, you know, what it's like to work in the organization and all this kind of stuff. And this just kind of illustrates that actually transparency and transparency is something that everyone needs to take into account and they you know there's no control over over narrative anymore what would your what's your advice to employers in terms of how they might turn this to their advantage i think it's really interesting moving away from this space of a, a hyper curated narrative and starting to think about how you allow talent to tell their own stories in their own way so we talk a lot about flexibility and freedom within a framework. I think what's what employees have previously been afraid of is giving employees that platform and that voice to talk about their, their employee experience. But the reality is they will do that whether you give them permission to or not. So creating those foundations, creating those frameworks from which to have the conversation, actually elevating the voices that are already out there can be really powerful and actually identifying the people that are really understanding your culture, really getting the most out of it and giving them that platform and that opportunity um, to speak up is, is really worthwhile doing. But I think it's important now to make sure that you're also doing that in a truthful and, and honest way. And actually, if you look at, you know, influencer culture, if you look at who your talent are reacting to in terms of the sort of Stephen Bartlett's of the world, the, you know, the Elizabeth Day, you know, talking about failure in business, um, the, the people, uh, the micro influencers who are on platforms like TikTok talking about how to get ahead in corporate business, um, people who've sort of quit corporate culture, the people who are actually influencing your talent, the talent that you want to hire, are really authentic people who talk about the bad and the good. Um, and so any st- any framework in which you can give talent the ability to talk about a balanced view of their experience with your company will always be much more authentic and genuine than a perfectly curated, polished on message version. And I suppose sort of developing that theme a bit, over the last six months, lots of employers around the world, particularly in tech, but in other sectors as well, have had to make significant layoffs. There's been some a huge amount of publicity around companies not necessarily doing that in the in the best possible way. 
all of those companies are still hiring people you know to replace to replace kind of people who might have who, who might have moved on or you know they may be looking to begin at, you know our hiring pro, you know growth hiring programs again soon how can an organization that's gone through that process rebuild their their employer brand that's a really interesting question and and one that i'm working on with a few of my clients at the moment i do think that talent understand that there is market uncertainty uh, talent have seen this you know across linkedin across their communities with their friends with their networks they do understand there are commercial realities it's not the layoffs themselves that are problematic as you say it's how they were handled and how they speak to what you value as an organization and how you treat people so i think there have been examples of good handlings and there have been examples of bad handlings and i think the the sort of consistent themes have been around the ownership of the mistakes made by leadership you know a care um and a a connectivity and an empathy without centering yourself uh, like the crying ceo that um that talent really respect um also leadership being front and center in those conversations rather than delegating them to hr um has been really really powerful and then what you do to support that talent that you have let go in terms of um access to network and resources and all those things really speak to how you treat people on the way out as well as how you try and convince them to join you on the way in that's super important but in terms of rebuilding i think it's it's a different landscape and talent are going to be looking for different things and looking to to understand why they should join a company that has made those mistakes and had to make those layoffs so there's a a lot of transparency needed in ex- explaining to talent why that happened and helping to show them why you are safeguarding as best as you can in a volatile market against that having to be the case again So talent I would say are increasingly interested in understanding company strategy, understanding um understanding what happened with those layoffs, understanding how the business is doing. I would say talent are much more um looking at things like the commercials of a company, especially for senior hires. And whilst people are still moving from role to role, they're doing so in a much more considered way. So Yes, it's absolutely about the culture and the messages you're sending off about how you care for people. It's also the confidence and the transparency that you're protect- projecting in terms of uh, how open you are about your your strategy, the mistakes made and how you're going to move past them. A quick message from our sponsor Winolo. Hi everyone, I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W O N O L O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximize earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York, and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com/pod. That's www.wonolo.com/pod. 
slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. You mentioned earlier in the conversation just how many parts of the organization an employer brand strategy needs to to touch and maybe a few years ago ago it was seen as just a, a kind of a subset of recruitment marketing but so much more than that many kind of heads of ta listening may be having kind of issues within their organization in terms of getting the the buy-in to talk about employer brand strategically what can they influence and how can they educate their leadership well one tactic that i've used which which doesn't always work for everyone but which i think can be quite powerful is not talking about employer brand at all there is no need actually to to talk about evps or talk about employer brand specifically what you can talk to your leadership about is do you think that our reputation as an employer matters in terms of our ability to attract talent can you see how the um the sort of attributes of the talent we are trying to attract will make a difference in helping us achieve this business strategy so if we say we need um, more uh, doers than sort of talkers um, do we think that our current culture and the way that we talk about our current culture is attracting the right people? So these are the sort of conversations that um, TA leaders are actually having with CEOs and with their hiring managers every day. It's just when you start to put it in a little box called employer brand that it suddenly becomes problematic. So if you start to talk about things like shifting our reputation as an employer or being clear on what we promise and what we offer as an employer, that is employer branding. Um, it just takes it out of that that tiny little box that makes it feel like a project or a one-off. So whenever we start a conversation with clients at the TruthWorks, we're always talking to um, the exec team of a company first. So if we're developing an EVP, we say we need to understand where the business is going. We need to understand what the barriers are from a from a talent perspective that are stopping you get there or from a culture perspective that are stopping you from growing or changing or achieving your goals as a business. And then let's look at where those pain points are and let's look at the way your employer reputation and your your current culture are preventing you from achieving those goals. And that gives you a problem for the employer brand to solve. Because what happens when you just say we need an employer brand because everyone else has got one is you're already not setting it up for success because you're not giving it a reason to exist. And whenever we're looking at measuring an employer brand, we're always looking at, you know, why do you need one? What are the problems that you're trying to solve in your business with this employer brand? In the same way that any marketing exercise aims to solve a problem, is it, you know, retention of customers? Is it that, um, you know, we're not standing out in the marketplace for the right reasons. There's always a problem that, that marketing is trying to solve and that branding are trying to solve. And these are the same kinds of problems and conversations we should be having about employer branding. Start much further upstream with the business problem, relate it back to culture and talent, and then start talking about employer branding as a potential solution to that. So anyone who's listening to this on a time-shifted basis, we're recording in the first week of May 2023, and we're going through a period of time where you can't have a conversation with anyone without talking about generative AI. So I'm going to have to ask you an AI question because that's just expected in May 2023. Absolutely. Otherwise, we, we clearly don't know what we're doing if we're not talking about AI. Exactly. So how do you think that 
innovations in AI and technology are going to sort of impact how we do employer branding? So I think with AI, there are a couple of different ways that we can use it to help the work that we do. But I always hesitate to believe that it will help us in the short term, at least in the in the way that it's working currently, to really differentiate our employer brand unless we know what to do with the data it provides us with. So I would either be thinking about using it in the insight stage. So using it to gather and generate insight at pace and at scale in a way that, you know, it's very difficult for internal talent branders to do at the moment because they don't have access to a huge amount of resources. But you still need to be able to interpret and use that to develop a strategy and a point of view because you still know your business and your brand best. Of course, it's great at generating content and helping you with copy and things like that at the other end. Again, the challenge is it is learning from other employer brands as well. So my fear is always a race to the bottom where we're looking at quantity and not quality and differentiation. But again, that comes down to human input. So if you know your brand, if you know what helps you stand out and you can help shape and input the output, then I think it can be an incredibly useful tool. I think in terms of the wider use of it in HR, there are so many things that we do in the people and culture space which could be more efficient to allow us to do the strategic work that really helps to build culture. I think a lot of work could be automated. A lot of work is busy work, which doesn't allow us to look up and say, um, what is the culture we're looking to build and how could we build it better? So anything that helps us do more of the thinking and less of the doing is always going to be a good thing. <laughs> like I don't want us to get to a space where we are constantly using the same influences. I think you also need to look up from whatever you receive and still have a point of view. Yeah, absolutely. And the hype versus reality is interesting as well, because I don't think anyone really knows what's real and what's not in terms of what this can do at the moment. So I tried to get it to translate something. I can't remember what I was doing. I, I got it to write something for me. And then I tried to get it to translate it into Cornish. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I was like, I just thought, because I'm from Cornwall originally, I was thinking the most obscure thing I could think of. And it just did it straight away. And I was like, this is absolutely incredible and phenomenal. And it's old world changing. But then I was like, hang on a minute. And I took, because I don't speak Cornish, no one does. So I took the Cornish text, translated it back. And it, it, it was literally the home, it was the text from the homepage of the Cornish Language Society. And nothing to do with with what I typed. So it was like, okay, yes, it can't. Yeah, you know what it is? You know what my shorter answer would be to this now I'm thinking about our conversation? I think it's like with any with anything strategic, it's about knowing the right questions to ask. So whatever tool you're using, whether it's AI or not, if you don't know the right questions to ask, you're not going to get to the most exciting, inspiring answers. Absolutely. So final question, and thinking about everything more broadly, what does the future look like? What, what do you think employer branding will be like in three years' time? What, what do you hope it will be like in three years' time? Um, I hope we'll stop, having, we'll stop having conversations about the value of it and having to justify the value of it. I feel like the world has broadly accepted that 
you do need to market your way out of a recession, that you do need to have a brand for people to take your business seriously and understand what you do. So for me, it's a no brainer that you would understand that there is value in people understanding what your culture is in order to basically sign four to five days of their their life up for it. And, you know, obviously employer, your employer impacts so many things from your health and well-being to your financial security, to your family, to where you live. So to think that that's not valuable when we invest so much time and resources into customers buying a product, which potentially they don't have as deep a relationship with as they do a workplace, sort of boggles my mind um, that we're still trying to sell in the value of it. So I would like to see employer branding further upstream within organisations, less having to justify its own existence, and just part of the conversation we have about being a successful business and, and being a a business that can attract the talent it needs to achieve its business objectives. Emily, thank you very much for talking to me. <laughs> You're very welcome, Matt. My thanks to Emily. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Thank you.